Manimal here. It's Tuesday, July 11th, and today on Texas Rangers with the boys, Kevin and I, we're going to go over the Rangers draft picks rounds four through ten. We're also going to talk about the Home Run Derby, and we've got those mid-season awards, or as we like to call it, the first annual mid-season awards with the boys. So join us today, Texas Rangers with the boys. And welcome back to Texas Rangers with the boys. We are the boys, your daily Texas Rangers podcast by a couple of pro wrestlers who love Rangers baseball. And we want to thank you for making us the first listen of your day. This is your boy, Kev, a.k.a. YBK, Kevin Frazier. You can follow me on social media at Kevin Lee Frazier. And you can follow Texas Rangers with the boys on social media as well. TX Rangers WTB. And check us out on our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. Hey, and joining me, the 300-pound minimal, a.k.a. Bull, my co-host with the most. How you doing, buddy? And where can they find you on socials? Man, I'm, uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, uh, slow day in, in baseball, but a fun day with the, the home run derby. And we got some draft going on, so keeps us occupied. Uh, today, we've got uh, more draft rounds, 10 through 20. So we'll go over those draft picks here in a minute. We'll go over the home run derby here in a little bit. And Kev's uh, um, got some year-end awards that that he wants to give out, so we're going to do that as well. Mm. Um, mid-season awards with mid-season. the boys. Mid-season. Mid, yeah, mid-season awards with mm. the boys is, yes. is that segment that will happen here in a couple of minutes but uh first i gotta let everybody know that they can find me on uh, twitter at manimal bull instagram manimal 300 and tiktok and facebook at uh bull pro and i don't know if you noticed today or not but uh i did do a tiktok i i uh, I, i put it together so uh had a little bit of extra time today. Instead of uh, going to the market, I decided to do a TikTok, which is completely irresponsible. And who knows, I may, may, may regret it later. But anyway, I think uh, I think you will because I was thinking yeah. that you're going to say that. So yeah, I may do that. I may regret it later, but that'll be okay. We we got TikTok in instead. Uh, yep. But uh, uh, you know, just. Uh, it's slow day in, in baseball, but I think we can make a, a nice little 30-minute show of it. Yesterday, we had 45 minutes. We were, well, not, well, I don't even know yeah. what we were talking about. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that happened, but we were having a good time. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> Rangers still lead the AL West by two games. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> definitely. And nothing's changed. Nothing changed. Last night in the home run derby, even though uh, I guess Tampa Bay won some games and Toronto won some games, but they don't uh, count. Uh, they so, yeah, don't the Rangers, well, uh, until, until at least Friday, uh, they're going to be up a couple of games. Yeah. Well, hey, let's jump right into it. The, uh, the one thing we wanted to cover first is about uh, the prospects on this show is the MLB draft, and we covered the fact that Langford was the number one pick by the Rangers. Really exciting pick. 
for them. Uh, did a little bit of a deep dive into his uh, stuff. That was it. Was a lot of fun, kind of getting to know him and what an impressive uh, prospect he is. But uh, my co-host, who is really just the savant of the show, uh, probably has a scouting report on all the other picks. Uh, but we're just going to do little quick, little quick, quick blurbs, blurbs about each one. Uh, Rangers got a lot of hard throwing pitching uh, in this year. Yeah, they pretty much yeah, showed they, what their commitment is. They they know that. Well, I think they showed what their weakness is, and not just not just uh, the big leagues, but their farm in general. And that's that's that hard throwing in the back end of the bullpen guy that gets outs and has that big time heat and the first one they did fourth round they took a kid named Skyler Hales um he's uh from Skyler. Reno Nevada he's a, a right-handed pitcher uh 64220 i want to say he went to Santa Clara um well, i'd i'd imagine that he's a guy that's going to pitch out of the bullpen and he may go straight to the Carolinas after intake just to start throwing uh, and unless, you know, maybe they're going to give him a couple of weeks at uh, the complex. But I would say he probably makes his way to uh, the Carolinas before the end of the season and maybe not too long from now, probably before August for sure. Yeah, 100 miles an hour. Uh, throw, he threw, he had a, he, he hit the 100 mile an hour um, mark in college at Santa Clara. And uh, I think he was one of what maybe five, five players in the draft. I want to say that that uh, threw a hundred, and and the, the Rangers got him. Yeah, and, and they were looking for something like that. And this next oh, guy. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Terrible stat there. He is one of seven. <laughs> wow. Well, this is why it's better going, to read this stuff. He is one going of seven. With you there. Yeah, one of seven Division One pitchers. Have touched a hundred mile an hour on a radar gun in a game this year, so there you and, go. Uh, and so. I don't know if uh, Alejandro Rosario, their fifth round draft pick uh, from Miami, I don't know if he hit a hundred in a game, but he's mm-hmm. got that ability, and he yeah. and he has a big time fastball. I don't think that he's going to stick as a starter. I I imagine he's going to be. Uh, tried out as a starter and end up in the bullpen. Uh, he pitched pretty good last year for a hyenas in the Cape Cod League, um, but he started in that struggling or in that starting role in that starting role for Miami this year. He kind of struggled, so I could see him, uh, you know, ditching pitches, going fastball slider, and moving to the bullpen in the sixth round. Um, I don't know. You got you got anything on Alejandro Rosario? No, no. Actually, you you kind of covered it. I think his his instability as a whole was probably the reason he didn't get drafted way higher because he does have a live arm. But uh, again, like you said, I think I think the I mean the fact that the Rangers drafted a reliever because a lot of times they don't you don't draft relievers they yeah. become relievers. But the no. fact that they drafted a reliever tells you a lot about uh, the direction well, of the organization. And again, it isn't like they just drafted one. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at these guys, I mean, I know Alejandro Rosario started for Miami last year and, and the year before that, um, but he had success at the Cape Cod League pitching out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And I could see that being the case uh, for him again. Now, I, I mean, 
when you got a guy that throws 98, 99, uh, touches 100, there's a good chance you want to give him a chance to be a starter first. But this mm-hmm. is another one of the – they may – they probably, but there's probably no slow roll in these guys because they're both 21, 22 years old. Right, right. Um, yeah, the next sixth, guy, sixth round. There we go. Caden. Yeah, Caden uh, Scarborough. I was uh, – one way or the other next year, I would be paying attention to this guy because he was a uh, DBU Dallas Baptist commit. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a 6'5", 185-pound right-handed pitcher, so definitely projectable, especially um, because since 2019, when he was a freshman in high school, he's added 13 miles per hour on his fastball, and he's sitting at 88. So um, there's a good chance that uh, in the next couple of years as he moves from the complex, because I doubt they'll pitch him too much this year, post-draft. I don't know what he'll do on intake. They may just give him a couple of outings here and there on the uh, comp- uh, at the complex. I'm not 100% sure what their uh, idea is with him just yet, but he may also be you know, shut down because he's a high school guy and you never know how many innings he's pitched. Hmm. Um, and then moving on, I but think... Projectable I... size. Like, uh, Scarborough's got good size. And a good fastball for a kid that's uh, 17 years old. Yeah, I mean, kind of a just, just a, a what do you call it, a specimen, um, with a with a very high upside. So, definitely. So the next guy has already probably made one of our lists. Yeah, definitely. Right out next of the gate. Year. Yeah, next year <laughs> when we do our names list, our best names. He's going to be right up there with Snarlin Encarnacion and Wolfram uh, and Grant Wolfram, uh, <laughs> the Isaac Tiger, and it's Isaac, Isaac with the a tiger. Z too. Like it's Isaac I Z A C K. So it's like can Isaac he have any other? Can and, you have any other song besides I the Tiger? And another. Oh well, that's perfect for him, especially Maybe. if he's going to be a bullpen hand that's got a hundred miles per hour. Um, because that's what he is too in the seventh round. They yeah. got another guy that's uh, um, he's he's one of those Butler County Community College guys up in Kansas. They're more known for their football guys than they are mm-hmm. for their baseball guys. But uh, right-handed pitcher, six two, one seventy-five, a lot of arm action. I was watching some of his stuff that uh, that I found on the uh, on the YouTube and. Man, he's got a lot of arm action when he when he he whips it pretty good when he uh, when he throws. So he's another one of those guys. I saw at the Cape he was average in twelve and a third innings. He had fifteen strikeouts to five walks. So uh, mm. that's that's three to one as a as a seventeen or a nineteen year old at the Cape. So it'll be interesting to see. I think maybe he actually might be twenty one, but. He'll, he'll leave the Cape and he'll start working his way towards Arizona and we'll, uh, we'll just kind of see where he ends up. Um, but there's, there's a good chance these guys, most of these guys should sign because the Rangers aren't going to be too over slot in the first round. Yeah. The next guy uh, was, was the last guy I got to look up uh, before we hopped on the, the show tonight. And that was the catching prospect that they got out of uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. And Julian Brock. Another, another guy that um, 
he's a 6'3", 215-pound catcher from the University of Louisiana Lafayette. And uh, he was he was at the Cape um, this, this summer. He um, is developing his power. He had really good numbers for a college catcher because you know how at the, at the catcher position, a lot of teams are willing to give up you know, certain mm-hmm. offensive things for defensive things. And, you know, I'd say that he's the type of guy that he may, after intake, just, you know, pick up and head towards Carolina because he's a kind of a veteran guy and he's going to be 22. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think he'll be at the complex the whole, the whole, uh, um, the whole, the whole rest of the year. Okay. And then we got one more, okay, don't two we? more, two more. We've got two, two more. Two more. And yeah. Number number nine, another junior college guy from Palomar College, um, Quincy Scott. He's a center fielder, uh, six foot five, two hundred and twenty pounds. Uh, he had a uh, he had um, a really really nice start to the West Coast League this summer. And there's a good chance that's where somebody had saw, seen him at. And he's got a lot of power potential. He's a rangy kid. Um, he's going to have to make more contact, but the power is there. And I could see him moving when he gets to the higher levels of the minor leagues, moving off of center field, probably towards right field because he's, you know, he's got a big time arm and he's six foot five. So he's going to, he's going to be bigger than 220. For sure. I mean, you've got to think this kid's probably going to play in the big leagues if he does at more like 245 pounds. Jeez. Got to love that physical specimen yet again. The Rangers kind of have an idea of what they're trying to add. Not only are they adding velocity, but these are a bunch of big boys, man. You got yeah, a six and... foot, six three, two twenty catcher, a, an outfielder that could hit 245. One of these pitchers you said is like six four. Uh, the guy six, from Miami is not the young. Yeah, yeah. The everybody's six. So six four, six two, six five, six two on the yep. pitchers. Um, yep. Like you said, the six three catcher, um, and then another six two, hundred and eighty pound pitcher from the University of Washington, Case Matter, was their tenth mm-hmm. pick. Another really good name, Case Matter. That's a good name mm-hmm. too. Um, I saw him versus DVU in the regional. Uh, okay. This past, oh, I don't know, June. And, um, you know, what killed him was walks. Walks. Mm. You know, the contact wouldn't have killed him if the walks weren't there. When you leave yourself a first and second, you give up a ground ball to the, uh, the hole that ends up only getting one out at first base, and you got second and third one out because of a couple of walks. And then the next thing you know, a guy pokes a single into left field or into right field, two-run score, you give up a couple, and that's what ended up happening to Case case Matter in a regional. But he's another guy that, you know, throws, you know, upper 90s and, um, you know, big velo is what I got written down. So, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a big strikeout guy, and, uh, you know, the biggest problem with him is going to be walks, but uh, you can't, you can't, like, let that focus too much, but anyways, that's enough. Well, I mean, you're that. talking about what ninth round, 
you know, so 10th round. Yeah. Yeah. 10th round. So you're going to take a little bit of a reach on these guys. Yeah. And as a bullpen hand, you uh, hope to get a, you hope to get a guy that's a bullpen hand in the 10th round. So we'll just see what happens But uh, you know, a a good crop so far. Um, The the catcher, I think um, uh, Julian Brock, I think they got a steal with him still being there with them picking at like 261. Um, I thought I thought he was much higher than that. He might have been the the eighth or ninth best catcher in the draft. Hmm. So uh, you know, I think they got a steal on him in the eighth round. And I think I Quincy Scott is really projectable. So we'll see what happens with him. Um, well, let's go ahead and take a second here to pay some bills and uh, talk about. Uh, the big event that's that yet again here before you know it. I can't believe we're Friday, we're already, July twenty eighth. Yeah, yeah, a couple we're of weeks away. Halfway through July now. Yeah, just Jeez. a couple, a couple of weeks it's away. Before you know it, and uh, it'll be yeah. The 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 World Series will be here before you know it. The way things right. are going, Jeez. but uh, that's just how time works as you get older. So any of our young fans here that think that life drags, don't worry when you. When you start pushing into your 40s, uh, life stops dragging real fast. But Friday, July 28th at the Southside Preservation Hall in beautiful South Fort Worth, the, the Matt War Pro will return with Ultraviolet Dreamers. Mm. And there's going to be a bunch of big matches, a bunch of good hands on the card, uh, uh, is it kayfabe? Should I use hands? Is that you can is that you can wrong? do that? No one even knows what that use, is on this show. I can use hands. Yeah, the good hands yeah. on this card, and it's going to be a really good show. And uh, you know, cards always subject to change, but whatever's been announced so far, and all the stuff that's been announced so far, is going to be really, really good. And I really, really look. I'm really looking forward to the matches, not just my match against Ava and Axel but all the matches on the card. And, Can uh, I tell you I'm something also... that I'm excited about? Please. I, I am pumped about Starry's ice cream. Now, those onion burgers from Kelly's are amazing. Don't get me wrong. But the thing that I can't stop thinking about was that little bitty tub of ice cream that she gave me and that little, the little spoon that I got. And I was going to try to get the, the banana pudding, but it sold out. So just to, for the... Just so you guys know, yeah, you better act, get, get there, there quick. Yeah, the banana pudding, you got to get it right away. But act I got fast. the strawberry. Yeah, I got the strawberry flavor, and like I can still taste it right now. I am super pumped about having my onion burger with my curly fries. Hopefully, they have the curly fries, and then getting that Starry's ice cream afterwards because um, Kelly's onion burgers does a great job. And like I said, I can, I'm, I can literally taste the ice cream right now. I'll, I'll pass it back to you. Well, and you know what I'm going to be doing after I'm celebrating a, a victory mm. and moving a man onto the splash pile. I'll be over okay. there at the back uh, proving that I'm 21 years old to the guys at Martin House Brewing. <laughs> and I'm uh, I'm going to grab two or four of those and I'm going to start celebrating uh, a, a big win. And, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, Free beer. So- that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, so, uh, so you can also do this if you show up. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. let Martin House know that you're 21 years old. They'll take care of you back there with all of your uh, beer 
and seltzer needs because I know they'll have the seltzers as well. Uh, so come on out Friday, July 28th, Ultraviolet Dreamers at the Fort Worth Southside Preservation Hall, just just a stone's throw from downtown Fort Worth. Just a stone's throw. So let's get into a – I love these things. Maybe not everybody else does. Is this, a, but... this may be a tradition, right? I mean, we don't know because this is the first year, so this is like the first annual. Mm-hmm. First yeah. annual mid-season awards. Mid-season awards with the boys. Mid-season awards with the boys. Let's go ahead and just tell you what – I'm going to tell you first what the awards are. And much credit to some of these uh, were we, the, this was a collaboration, but mostly minimal. And uh, here's the awards we're going to go through. We've got our MVP, our midseason MVP, our midseason Cy Young Award winner or starting pitcher, our top uh, relief pitcher or bullpen, our mid top offensive player, top fielder, the heart and soul of the team, and top newcomer. Does not have to be a rookie. Can also just be a new, new person that's yeah, yeah, new to the team. New to the team. I mean, yep. it, it very easily could have been Bochi. We almost like, like <laughs> Bochi could have won all these awards. Pretty... Yeah, like really, honestly. <laughs> um, but we, uh, but we, we both have our own answers to it, and I, th- you know, we both have our own people that we're giving these awards to. So um, it, it probably won't be all the same. And we actually did this fun thing where we didn't tell each other. No, nope. we were going to pick. Nope, we sure didn't. And I, 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 I I'm gonna let's let's save our MVP for the last. You want to do it that way, and then start with start off with uh, our top starting pitcher. Yeah, we can do it that way for sure. Okay. Um, so how about this? We'll alternate. I'll go. I'll I'll give mine the first time, and then the next one you'll take the second. You'll you'll go first on the next one, and we'll alternate on down uh, to MVP. So the my award for top starting pitcher, no surprise uh, here. I don't think it could, could go to anybody else. Um, and as great as Jacob deGrom was in those six starts, can't give it to him. It's got to go to Nathan Eovaldi, who has become a Ranger like like for life in half of a season. Well, as you saw last uh, last week when they were in Boston, he's like a Red Sox for life. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, he just endears himself to where he's at. Um, uh, yeah, my starting pit, or my starting pitcher uh, also, uh, Nathan Ivaldi. He's mm-hmm. um, he, he was good all first half. Um, had a had a rough outing against the Royals, and after that, really solidified himself as the the ace of the staff and yeah. uh, I think he might have been the, the, the a guy that knew that DeGrom what he was going through because you know involved he's the he's uh, uh, had his second Tommy John surgery and I bet he was probably sitting there in his head going you know what this means it means that he's going to have to have a second Tommy John and pretty much since that day that he left that left the field, Evaldi's uh, just turned himself kind of into the ace of this thing. And so I'm with you. Starting pitcher for me, also Nathan Evaldi. Yep. And uh, so I'm gonna turn it over to you for our so, top relief pitcher. So my uh, favorite 
bullpen hand or who I think has been the best bullpen hand. I know his ERA is a little bit inflated because of the last couple of days, and he hasn't been great his last couple of outings. But Josh Boris for me, has been the guy because he was a guy that all uh, winter we kind of called for him to be like the next cut to, to either get Grossman or whoever on the roster. And they, they held on to him, and, and he rewarded them for doing so. Yeah, he has, he has definitely could probably win the most improved award, either him or maybe a Jankowski. But uh, definitely that I, I went with a guy who I have had a love-hate relationship with all year, but we wouldn't be where we are without him. And uh, that's going to be Will Smith, uh, the closer, because he has done nothing but been, been excellent, I think, with the exception of what maybe, maybe three games um, where, where, you know, some of those are pretty high profile. But the re- reality is, is we wouldn't be where we are without him. He's been absolutely fantastic. No. He was a guy we signed like a late, a late free agent signing because I the believe I... we had, yeah, we had thoughts on other guys being the closer for this team. So stepped up and been what he's been. We we wouldn't be where we are without him for sure. The idea that uh, Will Smith had no suitors this offseason with watching him pitch, I mean, like I feel like there's not a bullpen in the league that he couldn't help. Right. So no, I, I don't and, disagree yeah, no, with you and, on that. And I and I think the biggest thing right now that uh, that both Will Smith and Josh Spores need is help, and they mm-hmm. got him some with uh, with um, uh, 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 um, Adolis, a dollar, no, a Chapman, a Chapman. Um, but yes. they still need more, and they need guys. So yeah, but I'm I'm with you. Those two guys have been the best two out of the Rangers bullpen all all season for sure. Quick, quick honorable to uh, Grant Anderson, who came just out of nowhere in every aspect of the word, even in, in the minor leagues, he came out of nowhere. So yeah, he, he was on the Frisco. Just being a great contributor. Yeah. He yeah. was on the Frisco I mean, opening day roster. So, yep. uh, so um, I'll turn it back well, over to you for uh, offensive yeah. player of the year or offensive player of Ooh. the first half. This one was actually pretty tough because I mean you've got you've got guys all up and down this lineup with fifty runs batted in or sixty runs scored. I mean you've got Marcus Simeon, you've got uh, Corey Seager, you've got Jonah Heim. I mean you can make a case for Josh Young. Uh, you can make a case for Nate Lowe. I mean the, every player, every starter on this team could make a case for this. Uh, Leody, Leody uh, Tavares, I mean, uh, Ezekiel Durant, every single player, really regulars on this team have been an offense, uh, have been an offensive uh, contrib- big time contributor at one point or another. So I went with body of work uh, with 70, 69 runs scored and 73 runs batted in. I went with Adolis Garcia as the offensive player of the first half. Yeah, I, um, I took pretty much uh, none of that into consideration. And uh, I said, man, it's Corey Seager, and I'm not backing down off of it. And so I, I stuck with Corey Seager. Nor should you. Um, it, fielder of – oh, it's your turn. Take it over. Oh, um, yeah, best glove, fielder, gold glove, whatever you want to call it. Uh, um, I, I think that his um, – framing ability and and keeping 
uh, and the way he calls a game uh, gives him a little bit of an advantage over anybody else. So I, I went with Jonah Heim because I think he's been really, really good as not only a, a defender, but a, a game caller and a, uh, um, a pitch framer. No, I, and, and it's funny because you, when you brought that up off air, I, I hadn't really thought of it, um, but you do make a great point and, and really just has kind of been an Iron Man back there too because catchers have a lot of – uh, have a lot on their plate in terms of like the physical element ele- elements of the game. Um, my fielder uh, was Marcus Simeon. I mean, there what was there was a play he made that that was like I can't even, it, I can't remember who it was against. But it was like the maybe the best second base. He was running down a fly ball, and and he like like snatched it. And in my mind, I'm like, think the ball's gonna fall out of his glove. Like it's gonna, there's no way he's gonna be able to hold it. And he does a forward roll, and he he like snatched it, does a forward roll, comes up with it, and it was a you know actually saved a saved a run. I mean, it was a one of those plays where you just highlight reel. But um, he's made so many highlight reel plays, and some of them may not make a highlight reel because maybe there's no, you know, jumping over somebody or you know he doesn't flip it up in the air before he throws it. But, you know, he's made a ton of plays to the middle uh, of the, the infield and then thrown across his body to first base. And I thought in my mind, I'm like, there's no way he's getting this guy out. And he's done it time well, and time and, again. So, and I think the great – oh, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. You, I was going to say, I think the great like, thing about um, this, this category is, is there's not really a wrong answer because if you look around right now, I'm in like – Young has been fantastic at third. Mm-hmm. Seeger has been better than normal at short. Simeon mm-hmm. has been gold glove worthy at at second. Um, Lowe is much improved at first. And Tavares in center could wow. could win a gold glove as well. <laughs> yeah, and then and then we're you know Heim and S- Simeon that we oh. talked about. Who, so, and I mean, who leads the who leads the league in outfield assists right now? And Adolis Garcia, yeah, I mean he. <laughs> hit, don't run on that dude anymore. <laughs> it's just stop it. Yeah, it's funny that I didn't even think about Tavares. But, I, you know, also, too, if you gave a most improved fielder award, it would have to go to Nate Lowe because he has been light years ahead of where he was last year. We even talked about that during the offseason, that he had put in some time to uh, to improve on that. And you can yeah, really worked see with, it. Yeah, worked with Lindor to, to get better, and you can tell, and you can see that it's 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 helped. Yep, absolutely. And he's been attacking the baseball um, as a fielder, and that that helps a lot too. Yeah, and I mean, of course, he's made some errors like everybody else is going to, but the improvement uh, has just been marketable. So, so I'll um, send it back to you, and you can uh, you can uh, introduce this next award. So the next award is the heart and soul of the team. You know, kind of the 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 heartbeat or kind of the uh, the. Uh, you know, the the motivator, the, the person that you consider kind of like the face and in many ways, maybe the face of the team every day. In uh, my heart and soul of the team was Nathan Eovaldi simply because of the impact that he has had on every single pitcher really in the entire uh, in the entire like bullpen starting pitching. Everybody has made reference at some point to how Nathan Eovaldi helped them uh, become a better pitcher this year. And gosh, man, that was not something we, that I expected uh, when we got him uh, when he came over from from uh, in free agency. So, 
I'm going to give him that award. I, I think I think the person you're going to give it, it probably uh, could could easily deserve it as well. Well, uh, yeah, I um, I I like that answer, and I kind of like uh, put the, this award in here to give this guy. His, his flowers, you know, like, I mean, because mm-hmm. he, like, I didn't put him on any of these other awards and he, like, could have been all of them besides the pitching awards. And that's mm-hmm. uh, Marcus Simeon. Yeah. Because I think, like, what yeah. he, like, like what you talked about, you know, like making the big plays in the, de- on the, on the defensive side. I mean, in April and May, he cleaned up every opportunity he had when Tavares and Duran and Jankowski and those guys were getting on in front of him at the bottom of the lineup. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I wanted to, I wanted to make sure Marcus Simeon got something uh, on my end from this thing and the, and the heart and soul of this team. I think he, he solidifies like what uh, the work is that these guys are putting in. And, and where would we be right now as a team? without the work he did when Seager went down. Yeah, no, kind of yeah, like he... when DeGrom went down uh, for the pitching staff, what Evaldi did. Uh, Simeon literally, I, he stepped his game up. Like we even said it on here, like Simeon's got to be the guy to step up right now. And, and he it's did. almost yeah. like he, he just heard it. He just stepped right up. He, so. knew. he, he knew it was, I can't, it can't be the the first of June before things happened for me this year. Not that he was even any close to that situ- same situation, but like he knew that like, hey, I got to go right now and I got to carry this thing, and and he did, and and it was huge for the team, and and Evaldi the same thing, and I mean, you know, well, and, I, and, maybe and... I'm not done giving him awards yet either. So. <laughs> well, the other thing too that that did that, that also said to me too though was that these guys can handle pressure, like big pressure. And that that's positive a positive sign for playoffs because obviously that's when the biggest pressure of the year happens. But when the team, when there was pressure being felt at the beginning of the season around offensively and uh, – or I'm sorry, from the position players and from the pitching staff, these are the guys that stepped up and these are the guys I want to have the bat in their hand or the ball in their hand in big situations uh, come playoff time when this team uh, is, is playing for the big prize. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. And I mean, and this next, uh, this next category, it's, it's one that the newcomer of the year mm-hmm. for the, the Texas Rangers. And this can be really anybody that, that wasn't with this club last year from uh, Dayton Moore all the way to, to Travis Jankowski. But I decided to go with Nathan, Evaldi right here because man I mean like you were saying uh, in the heart and soul that's kind of like the reason why I put him on as my uh, newcomer because of like the clubhouse presence and he knows how to win and he's a winner and whenever you know I remember that where he threw like six and a third out of the bullpen of just really good ball for I don't know, maybe the Dodgers or the Red Sox or one of those 96 teams that he's played on um, Mm -hmm. over the course of his career. He's always a guy that on that new immaculate grid you can go with at least once a day. (laughs) He's played on every team. (laughs) But, yeah, I love him. I love him, and I love what he brings to the team. Yeah, my newcomer of the year um, is going to be Josh Young. And it it, it just – okay – Defensively, he's been 
outstanding. Obviously, he is a starter on the all-star team. Uh, offensively, he's been everything that we had, had hoped, and, and in many ways more. I expected him to struggle a little more than he has, to be honest with you. He's had a few stretches where he struggled at the plate, but Some this is the miss. reason. Yeah, but, but the guy has the work ethic and the attitude, and I think that's the thing that stands out the most to me, more so than just the talent, is that you know he's out there for every pitcher uh, meeting. He's, he's a clubhouse leader, you can tell. He's always talking to different guys. Every time he comes back from an at-bat where he struggles, he's talking to somebody and, or he's studying film. Uh, his work ethic has become something that like, gets talked about amongst players and amongst the media because he's just, he's just determined to be a great ball player at the major league level. And uh, I, I think if this guy stays healthy, I think, I think when it's all said and done, he's going to be the leader of this squad uh, even more so possibly than the, the Simeons and the Seegers because he just has that that thing, man. I don't know what you call it, but he's got it. Yeah, so and he's I know my newcomer of the year. We've talked about that before on the show, and I mean, I don't disagree. And I mean, if 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 this was strictly rookie, um, or or even if Evaldi hadn't, if he was the only guy that is is in front of him for sure on this list. Hmm. Um, well, let's get down to it. Let's go for our MVP. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and go first. This one's going to be a little anticlimactic because we both actually, as many things that we differed on, on these other awards, we did came together and had the same pick for starting pitcher, the same pick for MVP. My MVP is going to be Corey Seager. Uh, the things I'm going to point out about him uh, for me is, number one, anytime a ball gets hit to shortstop, I don't worry about it. Um, I think that's one big thing. I he makes those he makes some of the more difficult plays look routine. Um, always makes these just on the point on point throws from shortstop. Makes double plays look just smooth and easy. Uh, he comes up to the plate. He hits the ball harder than anybody I think I've ever seen in a Rangers uniform. That's saying a lot. Um, you know, comes up big in situations when the team you know is is struggling. He's still coming out having a good game when they're trying to make a comeback even. He's hitting a home run, <laughs> you know, so he just, yeah, he's just uh, been uh, average, everything you'd ask from a guy getting $300 million. Average exit velocity for Corey Seager is like 95 miles an hour. So, like, I mean, even on his outs and all, you know, I mean, he scorches the yeah. ball every, every time up. So, I also, too, also have two, two also – because I don't think I need to say also two because that's ridiculous, but I did it on purpose. Okay. Um, cool. Very, yeah. Uh, on, I did it on purpose accidentally. Um, okay. But anyway, okay. I, okay. I, I, uh, I also had Corey Seager as my MVP for the team for the first half of the season. I know he missed a month, and like the idea that he missed a month and. And still was able to be the MVP of of hmm. the team for me is uh, is telling of how he was this year, and I I thought he was just everything the Rangers needed, uh, basically, from the the opening day till the hamstring, and from the day he came off the DL to basically Sunday, he's been everything yeah. the Rangers have needed, and and he's he's. I mean, I know last year it was easy to be critical of him, but 
uh, you know, I, I think he might not be that engaged on a, on a team that isn't that good. And the moment that that team's good, he is right back to engaged and 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 happy to happy to be engaged. Yep, yep. So there there wraps up our mid season awards. And uh, just just to give you guys a heads up, so um, we do have exclusive content. It's called Down on the Farm with the Boys, and we cover all things minor league in terms of the Texas Rangers organization. Now, the cool part is, is those draft picks that we've made, and, and I believe we still have another day of draft picks to go. Yes. Uh, we're going we're gonna to get a little more in-depth with these guys and talk a little more about, um, about their backgrounds, where they come from, give you a little more of the scouting reports as they come forward. And we're going to go really in depth on that on our show down on the farm with the boys. Uh, it's just a dollar ninety nine a month, uh, not breaking the bank there. You can subscribe on our Spotify page, or you can subscribe on our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. Oh, and we can, yes, and you can make us your one stop shop for all things Texas Rangers. So we had our picks for the home run derby last night. Both of us had Adolis Garcia. Uh, both of us pick, were disappointed, huh? Both of us were disappointed. I stopped watching <laughs> after, yeah. after well, the Rose Arena I won uh, beat, beat Garcia, but it looks like he made it all the way to the final. I did hang on, and uh, Rose Arena had a really big round in the second round, and um, Julio Rodriguez had a big giant round. Um, I pr- I'm pretty sure every one of the fans up in that second deck up there uh, mm-hmm. All got a baseball courtesy of Julio Rodriguez in that second round. Good <laughs> Lord, he tattooed some baseballs. Um, but he fell to uh, Vlad, or maybe the first round, I'm not sure. But he fell to Vlad Guerrero in the semifinals, maybe. And uh, in the finals, Vlad Guerrero outlasted Randy Rosarina. But it was fun. Uh those things are long, lots of swings. I almost uh, like like after watching that thing, I'm like, man, I am so glad Adolis Garcia went out in the first round on that thing because, <laughs> dude, he's he's like an old man compared to them young kids up there swinging 150, 250 times tonight. Yep. You know, I mean, and not to mention all the batting practice and cage work that they did in between and all of that stuff. So, you know, and I kind of glad that uh, hindsight watching it back. I'm kind of glad Adalas went down in that first first round and didn't have to take all the swings that he did. Yeah, one inning of work is all we need to see from our Rangers um, tonight on this All Star game. Uh, well, I believe the starters you... will play more than yep. that. They'll play four or five, four or five oh, innings Lord. or whatever. Let's hope, let's uh, hope not too much. Uh, for the speaking of starters, the uh, probables for tonight's game: Garrett Cole for the AL, Zach Galen for the NL. Uh, apparently, we've been saying that wrong the whole time on the mm. show. Uh, but, you know, I mean, we're, tex- we're, we're Texans, you know. Like, we don't know any yeah. better. Yeah. Right, so, anyways, um, former Texas Ranger or Texas pitcher um, Garrett Cole, who was a Houston Astro for a little while. You remember that? I, I mean, I yep. try to forget him. Man, he was good there. Yeah. He was good. Like, he got all that money just for being good for the Astros. Yep. Man, he was good there at the Astros. Yeah, he was very good. But anyways, uh, he'll be starting. Um, Dusty Baker did say the plan is to use all six Rangers in the game at one time. Yeah, and the plan is to try and wear them out as much as he can uh, so that they're tired going into the second half. So 
Uh, got you. You gotta love. You gotta love the gamesmanship. Nah, it'll never. He he'll only play him a couple of couple of the four innings or whatever that they were going to normally play, and then the backups start working their way in. But anyways, uh, it should be fun tonight. Midsummer Classic, as always. Well, the World Series home home advantage home. I go. What do you call it? Home field advantage. No, that's not on. Oh, like, they stopped that thing. Yeah, okay, like God. six or seven years ago. So oh, well, tell you tell you how much I watched the Oscar. Well, game. Were, well, the Rangers aren't ever in the playoffs, or hadn't been in the playoffs, so you didn't need to know. It worked no, against them no... every year. Remember the AL won the All Star game like every damn year, and then when the Rangers won the and the, the AL, the, the uh, they lost the All Star game those two years. What a rib! Of course, what a rib! Well, hey guys. I think we're we're ready to roll out of here. Are you good? Yes, sir. Let's get out of here. We'll do it again on Thursday, and we'll talk about this All-Star game. Huh? Yeah, really exciting, and probably preview a big weekend upcoming for the Texas Rangers, and, and maybe some moves will get made. You never know. So uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, this is uh, Texas Rangers with the boys. You can check us out on social media, TXRangersWTV. And don't forget to check us out on our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. Oh, and Lord. you can – all one word and don't forget to subscribe to our exclusive content down on the farm with the boys on our spotify page or on our website thank you everybody for tuning in we'll catch up with you guys on thursday this is texas rangers with the boys and we are signing out